Hello everybody, this is Dr. Fred. I am responsible, I am accountable, I am capable of assisting people to find their true voice and then deliver it effectively into the world around us. With 40 years in mental health, 32 of them as a psychiatrist, and then a massive amount of conversations, including podcasting and expert speaking, keynote speaking, I have the opportunity to really see the magic that it takes to find one's authentic self and then deliver it effectively into the world. And if you're like me, you can see that now more than ever, that's what's called for. So today is that day. Now is that time. Come forth. Join me in the broadcast. You'll see on the other side of this at True Voice with Dr. Fred. That's right. True voice with Dr. Fred. Welcome to Humanity with Dr. Fred. Global Madness, Dr. Fred. The Undoctor. Yep, got it, Dr. Fred. What's the deal with all these Dr. Freds? What's the point here? Are they four different brands? Am I heading in different directions? I don't think so. Let's go back a little ways. Even Dr. Moss was Dr. Fred. For 30 years, I was in that field called mental health. <clears throat> and not only was I in the field, I was a psychiatrist. So, you know, they say psychiatrists are the top of the heap. I didn't have to get anybody to co-sign my charts, but everyone else in the field who's not a psychiatrist has to get somebody to co-sign their charts ultimately, and that's usually a psychiatrist. So somehow they respected my opinion as a psychiatrist greater than, you know, the other mental health workers, some of which were doing a way better work than even me. So what's the story? What am I doing here? Last week, we went over a little bit of how I got to be who I got to be. The truth is, I've always been the man <clears throat> that I now am, but my life has been obscured by trying to be someone that's different than who I am. And as we've discussed on previous shows, trying to be someone who's different than who you are in order to protect the person that you really are is one of the most ludicrous, preposterous, ineffective ways of dealing with reality. <laughs> See, not only is it you know, ludicrous and preposterous, but it's ineffective because what I'm trying to do is prevent people from rejecting me, from you know, discarding or dismissing me, from canceling or you know, uh, um, censoring me. But the truth is, even if I act like someone I'm not, I'm likely to have any of those things happen in the present day and age. So it's ineffective. So who is this Dr. Fred? It's the same man. It's the same boy. It's the same person who arrived, who really just knows that communication, creativity, conversation, and connection, specifically connection, is at the heart of all human healing. When we get to getting to the point, when we get to getting the point that we don't know anything and every single moment is a moment of curiosity, 
That's when the game starts. I've developed a methodology. Yeah, it's called the True Voice Methodology. It comes with my book, Find Your True Voice. It comes with my other book, The Creative Eight. And it comes with my course now, The True Voice Course. The course is almost ready to roll out. And we'll be meeting twice a month, the people in the course who are then in the community, which I invite each of you to join. We'll be meeting at least twice a month. And we'll be discussing what it takes to bring our true voice forward, literally, no matter what the content is. So this is not a place to voice your very harsh opinion against others. No. No. If you want to do that, you have to go to another group or another website or another community. No, we're not going to have that. What we're going to have is people who are interested in bringing their true voice forward. People who are interested in bringing their honest-to-goodness message to the forefront. That's what True Voice with Dr. Fred is all about. Each and every day, I become more and more immersed in that that's what my purpose in life has been. I haven't always been good at it myself. Nope, I haven't. I've been duplicitous. I've been pretentious. I've acted like someone I wasn't. And I've paid the price many times for living that untruth or half-truth or white lie or what? Inauthenticity. But today I'm here to tell you that I don't have time for that anymore, and none of us do. What are we here for? What are you doing here? Are you here to simply be the veneer that you've become? When people ask you who, you know, what do you do? Who are you? Do you respond that you're whatever your job is or how many children you have or what city you live in or how old you are or what your name is even? Because ultimately, none of those things really are who you are. None of them. No, really, they're not. (laughs) They're who you have accepted yourself to be and then who you call yourself as, but they're actually not consistent with that soul that is you. What True Voice Podcasting does and what this show is meant to do is Do a little bit of deeper dive, a little bit of digging into who you really are. Bringing forth that true essence, bringing forth that true self, bringing forth that core message of who you really are. You know, you don't really ever get there because we were trained so young to be something different than who we were when we arrived. You know, we became something, supposedly. But if you think about it, we've always been this person. And this person is not even defined by our own body, by our own bag of bones here, not at all. This person is defined by a core group of issues that actually either matter or in many cases have wounded us. Now, every time we speak to this using words, as I'm attempting to do now, we... mm, 
we kind of bastardize it. We kind of alter it too much to the core and we make it so we can't really speak to the essence because the essence isn't where words lie. You see, words lie in linearity. They lie in the binary world of thinking. And this is actually a very limited way of thinking, ultimately. Once we start looking at the theories that have come forth over time, many of them to be convenient to how our mind is wired, but not necessarily to represent a greater reality. Once we start seeing that, and we start seeing that all that we think we know, we don't really know. We just know it within the realm that we have accepted as being who we are, our identity, our job, our name, our family situation, the city we live in, you know, the clothes we wear, how much money we have or we make, what clubs we belong to. I'm here to suggest tonight that that's not who you are, not ultimately. No, it really isn't. And it's only, you know, it's easy to get that what I'm saying might sound woo-woo or you know, fantastic or outside the bounds. But maybe not. That's what True Voice is about. That's what True Voice with Dr. Fred is about. So in the course, what we do is we go over six separate modules to really take us down or deeper, you know, take us into a deeper dive of who you really are. We use the Creative Eight, my first book, to really dig into self-expressive um, modalities that are over and above these linear based sentences that we call words and stories. We look at music, art, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, gardening, and then a few others. And we really look at these for this self-expression that is contained when we become the vessel that allows us to use these creative outlets or inlets, perhaps. So I invite you to join me on the True Voice journey, True Voice podcasting. It is a pleasure, an honor to host that course. On the second half of the show, I'm going to put the link up. And so you can check in. You can become part of this next cohort, which is really the fourth cohort. We've had three cohorts, with the third one still continuing, of extremely satisfied people, many of which went from zero to podcaster during the time. Why podcasting? Well, the reason for podcasting is this. Podcasting might be, if not it is, the last remaining vestige, the last remaining opportunity that all of us have to bring forth an unmitigated, unmonitored, uncensored, uncancelable pathway to bringing your true voice forward. That's what I'm into. Now, if you haven't noticed these days, our true voice is being contracted and constricted. There are many places where it can't be spoken, and it seems the number of places where our true voice isn't welcome has also increased, meaning there are cities and countries in areas that really did allow a true voice up until recently 
that are now making their way to disallowing us to speak what we really think. Whether that's through overt rules or through massive fear tactics, we are afraid to speak our true voice. So we either are staying quiet or we're saying something that's different than our true voice. Today, I have a special guest star. This is someone who I was on her podcast just a few days ago, and we had such a terrific conversation. You know, at the end of the conversation, we were kind of exchanging what we do for the world, knowing that we were aligned with each other. And once we realized that we were aligned with each other, Amy said, well, can I be on your show? Now, this show's been relatively dormant up until recently, right? I mean, I do this show every week and Sam and I have come on and, you know, we twist your ears and we make you think and we're funny and we take some pretty big topics like what it means to be alive and what it means to be real, what it means to take on the world in a way that, you know, that, that can make a difference or at least make an impact. And I had a feeling when I was interviewing with Amy Robbins just, just the other day that that's what Amy's interested in as well. <clears throat> now, this isn't something that just comes naturally. What comes naturally, if you just stay on the plane and you don't even ask questions, is something like learning how to be quiet. Learning how to be quiet and pretend that you're okay with that. Learning how to just be quiet, watch the professor, regurgitate what they say, get your A, and then move on into the next grade. See, that's what happens if you just follow the rules. These rules aren't meant to exploit or invite even your own self-expression. These rules are meant really to keep you quiet or to have you actually say things that are more aligned with the need to belong than the need to say what you came here to say. <clears throat> the opportunity now exists to actually speak our true voice. What does that look like? Well, it seems to me that we're about to find out a little bit more about what that looks like in today's conversation. Today's conversation is going to be a little bit about, well, how do you find something, like how do you find something in this world that mm, is worth representing, worth speaking to, worth being courageous about, and then worth expressing? Today, we have Dr. Amy Robbins on. Amy has been in the field of mental health. As a clinical psychologist for over 20 years, Amy's done some amazing work, both in psychotherapy and in spirituality. She's the director of mental health of an agency in um, a city that, in fact, that's where I went to school. We were talking yesterday about my fondness for the near north in Chicago, Illinois. She has her undergraduate degree at the school that I dropped out of twice, the University of Michigan. Her passion process, uh, project is called Life, Death, and the Space Between, and that actually is the podcast that I was on just the other day. She had Dr. Bruce Lipton on recently, as well as Paul Selig. 
I didn't even know that. Had I known that yesterday, I think I would have worn different clothes and combed my hair. But in this case, I'm glad to have finally actually survived her show, let alone prosper in her presence. Amy's unique approach is to illuminate life by using the wisdom of death. We've talked about death before a few episodes. Amy, uh, Sam and I really took death down into the hole just a few few weeks ago. I think we did a pretty great job. I'll I'll, uh, hopefully get you that episode. And Amy is really looking for this milestone of having 1 million downloads in 2022 of her amazing podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you all to Dr. Amy Robbins. Amy, thanks for coming on The True Voice with Dr. Fred Joe. It's really great to have you. Thanks, Dr. Fred. I'm excited to be here. What happened? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You're talking now. Got it. So I think we got it's good to be here and all that. And okay. I said, thanks, Dr. Fred. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's been a couple of days since I've seen you and it feels like it's been a lifetime, Amy. I mean, uh, so what's been going on? What's uh, tell us a little bit about uh, this place is is that am I saying it right? If I say beyond or Bion or what what is that? Beyond. Beyond is a holistic wellness center in Chicago. So it offers it's a it's a social club, but it also offers uh, concierge medicine. Mm. nutrition and Eastern medicine. So acupuncture, naturopath, Chinese medicine, meditation, yoga, psychotherapy, psychology, chiropractic, physical therapy, wow. um, massage, and my cold and hot plunge, wow. um, fitness. Yeah. Shit, everything. Man. I know. Wow. And amazing, amazing food. <laughs> yeah. Is there a psychiatrist that works there? No, not yet. That is not so yet. great. I'm moving to Chicago. I, I, uh, I, I, we're moving to Chicago. That is so fabulous that all that is getting. I seriously, I don't get me wrong. Some of my best friends are psychiatrists. I, you know, I've uh, had a little bit of experience with my colleagues, and I love psychiatrists. I don't love psychiatry, however, and for you to put all those or whoever to, if it's you or the founders to have put all those things together, and in fact not had like a psychiatrist running it even formally or being a a big component of it actually really underlines what you're up to there. When you talk about holistic, Um, you know, for, for everything, I assume everything from, you know, from even Ayurvedic, you didn't, maybe you didn't say that. I suppose there there actually is Ayurveda. There's a, there's a traditional trained doctor who was an ER doc who now who incorporates Ayurveda. So she left traditional ER medicine and does Ayurveda. Awesome. So, and then you have TCM and then you have acupuncture and then you have what works on this side of the planet. You have things that actually work that may have been essentially designed in the West. Although it does seem often that the East has uh, pathways to healing that are maybe smoother or more reliable. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it is for you. Are you the director? Are you the clinical director of that facility? Yeah. So, well, I'm the director of mental health, which is a fancier title than it actually means, I think. But yeah. I'm not I'm not super impressed by titles as I get older. Um, it's basically my job there is I just see people one time and refer out. So I don't. Um, I don't see people at beyond. It's just, you know, as you know, working with people for years in a social club space, it doesn't, it's not the best model. If I'm seeing, you know, 
several people who are friends or who know each other or who are married. It's just not a great boundary model for treatment and I think doesn't serve the patient best. So what I proposed was that I would just refer people out, but also be really be in contact with their provider if they needed it. And also just help to think holistically about how we're treating people. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, um, you know, if I was to come in and uh, so where, is this in the near North or where, where is the actual, yeah, it's in it, river. It's in river West, I guess it would be river West. Okay. River West. So um, if I was to, is there a, is there a waiting list or is there, what is, how do people get in to see you there? You, so you have to be a member in order to see me either of the medical side or the social side. And you, you just would go and set up an appointment for a membership tour tour and um, then decide if you want to join. And once you can join, then you would get access to an, a, a session with me. All right. And tell me a little bit about what is the social side? What is the facility? You know, you say it's medical or social. What? And I suppose I don't really even know what the medical is, although you have listed some. If I was to join the social side, what would be some of the benefits of being in that program? Uh, access to yoga, access to basically any exercise class. It's sort of like a gym. That side is more like the gym fitness Um you have access to round tables. All of the doctors who are on staff there, we offer round tables monthly on different topics. I think wow. even my colleague tonight is doing one on the good, the bad, and the ugly about alcohol. Wow. Um, we've talked about energy healing from the various perspectives of uh, a traditional medical doctor, traditional Chinese medicine doctor, myself, and how we each think of energy in the in the different areas in which we're in. Uh, you have access to the amazing food, uh, beautiful river walk, all the sort of, and then you can, it's a la carte. So you would pay for any spa services, acupuncture, massage, uh, nutrition, that would all be a la carte, but you have access to that if you're a member of the club and you have access to the providers that are working there. Otherwise you can't just come into the club and use Okay, so is there a vetting process or how, you know, people, is there, what, well, how does one get in with that? With I don't page? know. Okay. That uh, I don't know. Yeah. How many members are there? I think Apart- around 750, maybe. Wow. Wow. And how long has the place been around? Well, just since November of 2020. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So after March, so we in this, uh, since the lockdown forward. Yeah. Yeah, they opened their doors mid mid pandemic, which was, I think, unfortunate, but it's been thriving. So, I mean, there's now more than ever, I would say there's such a need for us to think comprehensively about healing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, is there any telehealth done or is it always do you have to be on site to get it done? Yeah, I think it's I think it's all on site. I mean, maybe if you needed a call, quick call with your doctor or something like that, but generally all on site. Cool. Well, that's really great. And I really, really do love that. And I'm telling you, um, I've been looking for a place like that. Uh, The reason I've had 600 jobs, which I have had, by the way, um, (laughs) in my life, um, something like 600, give or take 15. We've tried to estimate this and we get close to about 600. Okay. a lot of job interviews it's well i i win i win job i i know how to do that i know how to win like hire me is if i want to be hired i just i know how to win that game i know how to get hired 
So the reason I've had that is I've been looking for a place like this. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, and I almost say that with tears welling up. I mean, the reason I have 600 jobs is because I was looking for a place like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's remarkable work. And when I sit in on the, we do case consults once every other week. And when I sit in on these case consults and every treating um, doctor that, that has their hands on the person at some point talks about what they're doing or how they're working or how they're thinking about it. I always think if this, if I get sick, this is how I want to be treated with each person saying, you know, I'm thinking about it through this lens and what about this, this, and that, and what about, what are we doing here? And, you know, the, the traditionally trained physician is saying, okay, well, can we, you know, do statins or whatever it is? I don't know traditional medications all that well. Uh, and then the TCM doctors thinking, okay, well, what if we try these supplements? And the net nutrition naturopath uh, is saying, okay, but how about thinking about, you know, what they're eating or, and it's just such an amazing way to think about health, health and wellness. Incredible. Just incredible. Beautiful. Really amazing. So, um, Wow. I'd like to learn more about it actually personally. And, um, and, you know, 601 jobs is possible. I I'm not done <laughs> searching for jobs. So, uh, but then I, you'd I, have to come back to Chicago and well, I don't know, I've, it's pretty I've, cold I told here. You, I told you yesterday, I've lived there three separate times. Uh, the last time being in 2000 and in the end of 2016, right downtown in the middle of the winter. Uh, so I lived there from September to December and on, on Lake, uh, Gosh, I forget what the corner again um, at a, at an Oakwood high rise. Anyways, I love Chicago and um, so does my wife and who knows, who knows what's going to happen. And well, come visit, come visit. I, yeah, I'll give I, you a tour. We can definitely do that. We right. can definitely do that. So besides from this, what, uh, what makes your heart sing? What else do you do uh, in your life? Who, who are you in the real world? That used to be the, my number one question, but I already knew a little bit about you, you know, as welcome to humanity. The number one question is the opening question is the nine letter uh, quite open-ended question of all time, which is uh, who are you? Who am I? Gosh, I'm still trying to figure that out. Right. Which is the joy of being human is that I get to keep trying to figure that out. I mean, I know what the external things that define me are, right? Like my, my roles, but who am I? I feel like is constantly evolving. And I feel like when I'm done, when I have that question answered, which I don't know that it will be in this lifetime, maybe I don't have to come back. Beautiful. Once I figure that out. So I'm going to let you know this, and then we're going to go to a quick commercial. Um, The first 15 minutes before you arrived was exactly the answer you just gave to that question. So all that you just did was totally repeat everything I said for 15 minutes. Wow. The IT person, can you confirm that? Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you pipe in? Anyways. For real. The IT person who was watching me attempt to juggle my lighting and. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. And I, I guess that you can hear me. Go ahead and speak up. You, right. This was only the same 15 minutes said by Amy that I said in the first 15 minutes. Well, maybe he's on mute. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he uh, stopped listening. 
All right. No, he's there. He wrote in the chat that he can hear me. Um, all right. So let's go to commercial. We'll come back and uh, we'll look a little bit deeper into, into who you are. And, oh, he said he's writing to me saying he's not supposed to talk on shows because he's only the tech guy. So he identifies himself as the tech guy, but he's a spiritual being just like me and you guys yeah. being ripped off by being a tech guy. And he can't speak his true voice, even though it would be so welcome. And isn't that humanity on a stick? Let's go off to, uh, to our commercial. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Fred again. I wanted to explain to you a little bit about one of the names I have called the Undoctor. What is the Undoctor? Well, after about 15 years in the field of me being misaligned with what I was doing, because I was medicating people even knowing that medications were not the right answer, and I was diagnosing people even though I didn't always believe that they had the diagnosis that I said that they had, even though they did meet the criteria, etc. I like seeing humans for exactly who they are and who they're not, and not as a diagnosis. So in 2006, I began the process of becoming the undoctor. I unmedicated, undiagnosed, and then undoctrinated a bunch of people. Like people no longer had to come to a psychiatrist because their conditions cleared. This isn't true for everyone. It may not be true for you, but for some folks who know that their diagnosis doesn't fit and who know that they don't want to keep going through with medications and don't want to be seen as someone who's defective or afflicted, this turned out to be a great intervention. Over time, I stopped doing that and I no longer do a whole lot of conventional psychiatry. Now I just help people walk through their life and find their true voice. I connect with people straight up, not as if there's a power gradient between a doctor and a patient, but it's two humans connecting and resonating with each other. As it turns out, that's where all healing emanates from. So today, I've developed the Welcome to Humanity brand over the last six or seven years, and that really takes into consideration all of this. It is self-explanatory. Basically, each and every experience that we have with humanity is just as exquisite as another, even if it's deeply uncomfortable. From there, we get to actually share these human experiences. From there, we get to resonate and connect, and from there, healing takes place. I also have been helping people with their true voice, and that's why you're here today at True Voice with Dr. Fred. I help people find that true voice, really their authentic self, their core value system, and then deliver it effectively into a world that is eagerly awaiting to hear you. Without your voice, no one will ever hear you. And without your true voice, no one will ever know you. But with your true voice, you can find healing, peace, and love. True voice is what it takes to end all wars. So welcome to True Voice with Dr. Fred. That's so dramatic. I know. I'm not, al you know, I'm not always a jokester, Amy. Sometimes, sometimes I push it up. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what got you to be who you are. So I know you got a life story here that you can uh, give us some of the details of and something to do with life and death because death, the word death very boldly makes it into your 
you know, 1 million download a year podcast. So something about you standing up and putting that oh so crazy D word right there in the title of your podcast has me believe that you have something to say about how it got there. Mm -hmm. That's not a word that just comes easy. Most people are scared to death of death. Most people are willing to kill themselves to avoid death. Yeah, so, uh, okay. So when I was 18 years old, I lost my aunt. She had juvenile onset diabetes. She was waiting for a kidney and pancreas transplant. And in the process of her waiting, she needed to have, they needed to, to test everything to make sure that her heart would withstand a transplant. At that time, they realized that she had actually had several heart attacks. And so they were going to have to go in and repair her heart. And she died on the table. She didn't make mm. it through the surgery. She was 48 years old. Mm. Like I said, I was 18 at the time. I was a freshman in college. It was my first time on my own. The man who is now my husband was with me at the time. He was my boyfriend. I had just met him and I got the call that we all that I shouldn't say we all, but that so many people have experienced that call of, you know, your loved one is gone. And it was shocking to me. My family had never ex experienced what I call like an out of order death, one that doesn't fall in the way that we expect it to fall. I went home right away. I remember that plane ride being horrific and me being by myself in the back of the plane and just not sure what I was walking into. And I remember just hugging my mom and her being, this was her sister, so frail and weak from having just experienced this horrific loss in her life. And I think I just want to say something about sibling loss, because I think sibling loss doesn't quite get the attention that I think it should. Our siblings are our very best, our very first friends. Often we might have difficult relationships with them. But they are often the people who know us the best, who've experienced our life with us. And I really feel like, you know, having watched my mom go through that, it was very, very upsetting to me. Uh, and, and my aunt was a mother and she was a daughter. So, you know, there was my grandparents who were grieving at the loss of their child and her children who were grieving the loss of their mother. And so there wasn't a whole lot of space for my mom. And, and her brother, frankly, to grieve. Uh, so fast forward to grad school. I could take you through that whole process, too, of how I, after, <clears throat> after college, I thought I wanted to be in consulting. I did not get a job in consulting. I had my first panic attack when I didn't get the job, which was connected to the loss of my aunt because she had to go back to work. Um, she, she went through a really difficult divorce and had to go back to work. And as a result of that, because of circulation issues where she worked in Chicago, it being very cold. And when you have diabetes, often you have poor circulation and where she had to go back to work was not ideal conditions for her condition. She ended up developing a lot of issues as a result of that and really, um, really gave me a lot of anxiety because in many ways she had relied on her ex-husband for financial support. And then when she had to rely on herself, I really saw it as her demise. So it led to panic attacks for me as I was looking for jobs, um, didn't get any jobs, had to go back and work in radio advertising. I hated it. It was mm. the worst six months of my life. I was depressed. Mm. I was anxious. I was miserable. And then I decided I was just going to quit and I was going to wait tables and I was going to figure out who I was to go back to your question, <laughs> uh, which I 
like I said, still haven't done, but in that, in that time I started exploring psychology. I volunteered at what was then children's Memorial hospital on their partial program, uh, which is a step down program from inpatient and really fell in love with psychology, went back to grad school and my freshman year in grad school, right before around the time my cousin was getting married, I had what I now know was a visit from my aunt. She came to me in what some people would say was a dream. It was not a dream. It was very different than a dream. It was dreams to me are always like an amalgam of experiences. This was as clear as you and I are sitting here talking. That was what happened with my aunt. She came to me. She said, she showed me an image of my mother standing in front of our kitchen sink crying. And my aunt said to me, tell your mom, it's okay. I'm going to be at the wedding. She doesn't need to be upset. I'm going to be there. Then I saw another image of my uncle, same, same thing. He was pushing my cousin in a stroller. My cousin was much younger, excuse me. And she, he said, tell uncle Richie, I hear him when he talks to me, when he's out walking and talking to me, I hear what he's saying. So I wake up, it's about, this happened like at that kind of twilighty time, you know, between like four and six in the morning where you might wake up and stir a little bit and then fall back to sleep. And I looked at my husband and I woke him and I said, Aunt Linda was just here. And he kind of looked at me and said, what are you talking about? And I said, she was just here. She was right here. She was talking to me. And I remember she was leaving, feeling like I wanted to hold on. I wanted more time from her. And I, as soon as it became time that I could call my mom, I called my mom and I said, mom, I had this crazy dream. Aunt Linda came to me and she said that, to tell you, don't be upset. She's going to be at the wedding. And my mom said, I was standing at the kitchen sink crying last night, talking to her saying, I can't believe you're not going to be here. And then I called my uncle and I told him what I saw. And he said, every time I talk to her, I'm out running or strolling. And that's when I try to connect with her. And I said, well, she hears you. And, and so I went to school that day and was really kind of not shaken up in the sense of, of like psychologically shaken up, just like, what does this mean? What's going on? This is like my whole worldview is upside down right now. And I went to a professor who was very grounded in psychoanalytic psychotherapy. Those were the classes she taught. And I said, but she also taught an indigenous healing course. And I said to her, I just had this experience. And she said, you had a visit. And I think you're opening up to something. And I, I want to encourage you to do that. Hmm. And so that moment was really, I mean, I, I just spoke to her last week because she's still a mentor to me. And I said to her, do you hear, do you feel when I'm talking about you? Because I talk about you all the time because you didn't shut down my experience. Right. You allowed for it and encouraged it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that sent me on this journey, which continued over the course of really 20 years as, as a way of like exploring and discovering. And there was a lot of push pull and a lot of, do I want to go down this path? Maybe this isn't for me. Um, but then there were times where I couldn't help it and patients, loved ones started coming to me and sharing information with me. And I felt like, Oh God, what what am I going to do with this? They're not coming to me for this. They're coming to me for other things. And so really trying to figure out over the course of these 20 years from when this happened until, you know, when I started the podcast, 
what I wanted to do with it, mm. how I could bring this information out in a way that one didn't ostracize me from the field in which I was working. That was, you know, the living I was making. I have several physicians from Northwestern where you did your, got your medical degree that refer to me. What were they going to think? Were they going to stop referring to me? What were their patients going to think if they looked me up and saw that I had this crazy podcast where I talked to people like Paul Selig, who channels um, entities from other dimensions and talk about, you know, past lives and what happens when we die and the afterlife and <clears throat> Palladians and UFOs. I mean, it's really gone, gone in directions that I, I didn't necessarily anticipate when I started, but so thrilled that that's where it's gone. So speaking as an earthling, I would call that remarkable. It's been speaking a pretty a amazing spirit, journey. What's that? I said, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, I would call that remarkable. I mean, as an earthling, you're like, wow, whoa, mm -hmm. what the, you know, incredible. <clears throat> Something speaking as a kindred spirit is, uh-huh. Right, yeah, of yeah, course. I yeah, yeah. I, get the, I get the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other day, <clears throat> I had a whole conversation on a walk with my spirit guides, which was really, I, I can say this to you, and I'm assuming your audience, which was really quite lovely. And frankly, I didn't want to kind of come back into conversation with humans, <clears throat> excuse me, because those conversations feel so much conversations with spirit guides, spirit source, angels, whatever you want to call it, other light beings feel so resonant and powerful and vibrationally higher than conversations with humans about earthly experiences for sure that it was it was tough and i texted a couple of my friends who are also very in tuned with uh other dimensions and said you know it's really hard talking to humans I much prefer spirit sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, anytime you get out there in the uh, eternity or the divinity or the infinity or the multidimensional or the, you know, the divine, the providential and get out there with some sort of understanding of the maybe a, a greater access to the truth and you like, you know, resonate with learning what might really be so that has very little to do with whatever your present concerns are in this three-dimensional life, like very little, like it cancels mm -hmm. all of your concerns. And then somehow for some reason, you know, at least my experience of something maybe close to what you're talking about, is we still almost like against our will snap back to being three-dimensional and having, you know, having to deal with all the bill paying and uh, gnarly irritating people and dangers and fears and all of those things that mm -hmm. otherwise are kind of like a, just an irritating nuisance in the greater scheme of things, you know, like, and, and it does, it does make it harder. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I want to, I want to talk about the contrast between what you learn when you're out there, you know, some people, they go out there with the help of substances or they go out there with the help of plant allies or with uh, who, you know, chemicals made in, uh, in the laboratory. And some people claim to go out there through their uh, meditations or through their prayer, or some people, you know, go out there just naturally because they are uh, uh, maybe attached or addressed to 
the forces because it sounds like to your you know in your stories they're not overtly induced by some substances that they somehow just drop right into your lap like when you're ready and when you don't even know you're ready um what would be your you know what would be how would you like i'm curious like why the hell do i got to come back is oftentimes what i think like what's the point is it a bodhisattva thing? Is it like, I got to come back because we're not all ready. All of us aren't ready to go yet. And so I get a peek at what's out there and maybe I need to return in order to be uh, someone who heals, you know, someone who uh, brings the message, someone who uh, um, raises know, trans- consciousness, raises consciousness, yeah. Tran- yeah. transforms the collective narrative. I don't know. And it's like, you know, it's sometimes it's like disturbing. It's like, oh, shit. Why am I? Why do I? I already did learn that this is bullshit. Why do I got to? Why do I got to do it again today? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I have this that feeling sometimes, too. And, you know, I just did you see the movie Soul? The Pixar uh, no, movie? This was just this two years ago, right? Or, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was during the pandemic. And yeah. it was such a, a great between that and inside out, I feel like they had me covered. Um, it was just such a great illustration. I felt like of why we choose, cause I do believe we choose to come back and, and reincarnate and this note or embody, um, this notion of like the experiences that you have, that you get as a human that are beautiful and amazing and wonderful that you can't get as a soul. Good point. Right. Like you can't, I mean, you can't taste chocolate. That's true. Can't watch a sunset. That's true. Uh, You can't experience maybe a baby being born or love in the way that we experience it in a human body. And that is, those I think are the things that are beautiful about being human. And then there's a lot of pain. Yeah. There's so much pain, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. That's really a great way to look at it. Um, beautiful, really, really great stuff. Now, so have you been, um, while here on this, uh, physical plane, have you been in Chicago the whole time or in Chicago land most of the time? But for four years at, in Ann Arbor. Okay. Which right. perhaps has been a mistake in my life. The Ann Arbor thing? No, the only being in Chicago. Oh. <laughs> a regret. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So what, what is it about Chicago that has you feel, what is it homebound or like you didn't get, like you didn't get to live other places or what's your, what does you say? Yeah. You know, I think that until I had this sort of spiritually, I call it a spiritually transformative experience. I think fear drove me in so many ways and like restriction and constriction. And that I didn't, I didn't see the possibilities that, that were, And unfortunately, by the time I had that experience and have continued to grow from it, I have, you know, real earthly humans that rely on me and I can't, I have to stay grounded. You know, I think, I think particularly in the spiritual space, there tends to be, uh, there can be spiritual bypassing that occurs. And for me, it's really important. I think that there are still things that are really important about being a human, a spiritual being having a human experience. And part of that for me is that my family is in Chicago and my kids are 
being raised here and they're older and they have friends and family, they have family and, you know, their school. And I can't just uproot them because, you know, now I'm curious about what it would feel like to live in Peru and do plant medicine. Um, That's not really realistic. So I think that, you know, there, there's the fantasy and maybe one day if I can convince my husband to, to journey with me. Yeah, no, Peru's a great idea. I, maybe we can get a two for one there. I, I can see doing that as well. And that's essentially what keeps me back from doing that. Um, and at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, what's the real risk? You know, I mean, I hear you buying these risks and then believing that you can't because the obstacles right. and hurdles are a little bit too large and would disrupt a world that appears to be already in place the way it is. And you have no business doing that since you got like kids and maybe grandkids and you got, you know, you got some issues with patients that are looking to be able to call you next Tuesday or to show up at their appointment next Friday and uh, all sorts of reasons, Uh, friends and family who are counting on you to, you know, make the next dinner or show up at the next event. Um, Yeah. That's a lot to, uh, you know, uproot and say, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, say I'm going to Peru or, or to a, yeah, to a faraway place somewhere. So I I can see that limitation. What is, uh, tell us a little bit about your kids and, and are they, are they aligned with you or do you have any kids who, uh, are any of your children, like, do they challenge your weirdness? Oh, my daughter thinks I'm a total nut job. My other two, my middle one is such a such a bleeding heart. Like he gets it. He's super curious. He's done. He listens to his meditations. He does past lives. You know, he'll, he's just really open and curious about it. And he talks about it with his friends too, which is, which is funny. I mean, they're, my daughter's 15 and my boys are um, 13 and eight. My little one has his little crystals. When we were in Sedona a couple of years ago, I took him to a crystal shop and they got their crystals and a couple of weeks ago, actually, it was a couple of months ago now, uh, something went missing of his. I forget exactly what it was. And he, I said, let me just meditate on this and let me see what I get. And so I was holding his crystal and meditating. And I was like, I feel like it's in like the bath, maybe the bathroom or the bath. And, and we went in his room and it was under his bath robe. And so he was like, mom, you got it in the meditation. So he just lost, he had a tooth pulled last week and he lost the, we lost the tooth that was lost. I know I feel horrible about it. Cause it was like a big deal and it was a big tooth. And he, he put his crystal in, in my room. And every, every time I see him over the past two days, he keeps saying, mom, have you had a chance to meditate yet? And, and figure out where my tooth is. And part of me is like, that's really sweet. I think I just got lucky the last I'm not sure that that was really totally accurate, but I'm going to keep looking for that too. So I think that they, you know, that they're curious. My older two for sure are, or my middle, my younger two are definitely more curious. My daughter is way more of how I was before I had the experience. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She's the oldest one. And she actually has to, in, in some ways you could make a case maybe I'm not going to be right here, that she has to hold that fort down for the same reason that you have to stay in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She has to, she is not allowed to leave that post. Right. She's got two younger brothers. She got, she got friends. She got, she's 15. 
I don't think so, mom. Even if part of her is like, my mom is probably right. That right. It, you, you represent Peru to her and she can't, right. you know, if she was to leave, who would man the fort, you know? Exactly. Well, and, you know, it's funny because she will do things like she'll say to me, mom, can you come in here and like light that stuff that makes that stuff go away? And I'm like, light the sage that makes the bat that that clears out the bad energy you know so it's like they they're they're curious and and I've always been of the mindset and I think that this is what allowed me actually to become who I am still becoming was that when I really let go of caring about what other people were going to think about this weird interesting kind of maybe out there woohoo part of me was when I was able to step more into myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that with my kids, you know, I, this, they're on their journey. They're on their path. Right. All I can do is model for them what I think is, you know, good and important. My husband doesn't do any of this. He doesn't meditate. He doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything spiritual. Once in a while, he might listen to my podcast, although not as often as I would like him to. And that's okay because they're all on their little journeys for their lives and their souls. And my job is to help kind of guide them, but it's not to to force down their throats. What I think is true because it might not be their truth. It's mine, but it might not be theirs. That's amazing. Well, Amy, we, you know, this, this particular show has a close ended, which means we have to end in in about three minutes. I have a a question for you. That's maybe ease us out of this amazing conversation, which has in fact been amazing. This uh, your aunt died during your first year in undergraduate school, right? Mm -hmm. So you were in Ann Arbor and you flew to Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Which, uh, which uh, dorm did you live in, in Ann Arbor? Markley. Me too. What floor? I I lived on the fourth floor. Okay. I was, I third, I think my I was friend, third. Lived, you know, my friend lived on the other side of Markley. Like, you know, I was in, I think in a, you know, in the well, you were in the I front. Had, I was, yeah, in, the I was front. in the front. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Ann Arbor and the Arboretum and, and, um, you know, and the, uh, what's that called? The, um, what's the square in front of the, the diag? Yeah. The diag, you know, the diag and the Arboretum were some great, great, great spiritual things happened to me while I was chilling in an Arbor and, including things while I was at Markley. So I wondered about, I just wondered if that, if your answer might be Markley. So interesting. Yeah. It could have been, you look, it could have been Lloyd. It could have been cousins. It could have been anywhere, but it was Markley. And so let's at least put a stamp on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right, Amy, what a pleasure becoming your good friend here. I hope that's true for you too. It's been a great conversation and a great honor to be with you and to learn about your story. Thanks for coming on the true voice program um, true voice of Dr. Fred. You see what I'm talking about? This is who we get to have here. This is why podcasting is the last remaining vestige of getting your, your true voice out there. If this is interesting to you, give me a call, you know, give me an email. Uh, Amy also has an email. Amy, how can people get a hold of you real quick? Sure. I am at dramyrobbins.com. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins and my podcast is life, death, and the space between life, death, and the space between check it out. Awesome, Amy. Thanks for being here. I tell you, I love you, you, but I've only met you twice. So I'll slow down for now. We could love. All right. I I love. love I love you then. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Let's uh, head on out. Thanks for uh, lasting through this show. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for letting us have great conversations. And we'll catch you next Tuesday on True Voice with Dr. Fred.
Hello, everybody, and I just wanted to thank you for getting through another episode of True Voice with Dr. Fred. Wasn't that great? It is so much fun to interact with people and then interact with my listenership about really finding True Voice and then bringing it forward. I really have never done anything more important than this, and I'm finally aligned with myself by helping others find their True Voice. Let's find your alignment. What do you really want in your life? 